North Georgia. It's 8.30 and time once again for the Bible Broadcast with Evangelist Keith Allison. Well, let me say what a real blessing it is to be back on the radio again. This is Keith Allison. I am doing the work of an evangelist out of Demarest, Georgia. And I want to welcome you to this 30 minutes of Bible study and Bible exposition. And I am honored that you would allow me to come into your home, your automobile, or a place of business uh, sharing the good word of God. I trust the broadcast finds you and your family well, and I do hope that you are engaged in a good fundamental uh, Bible-believing church, and if you aren't, let me certainly encourage you to do so. And I trust that the broadcast today will help you, uh, if you are saved, to grow in your faith and to be what God would have you to be. And, and then if you are listening and you are not saved, if you are not a Christian, then it's my heart's desire that God would take something that might be said on this broadcast and cause it to be a blessing and a help to you. Uh, again, I'm so grateful and thankful that God has given me this opportunity. Let me invite you to go to my website. It is KeithAllisonMinistries.com. That's KeithAllisonMinistries.com. And on the website, you'll see uh, a short-term itinerary uh, my wife, she's real faithful about keeping my schedule posted about four to six weeks out in advance. And so we'd love for you to go there. And if I'm in your area, we'd love for you to come out and be a part of the service. And then you'll see the radio stations that I am on and also how that you can listen on demand or either follow those that stream online. And so we'd love for you to do that. And you'll see the books that I have written including my newest book on Bible prophecy. It's entitled Discerning the Times, and you can see all you've got to do is click on those, and it'll take you right into the website of Scripture Truth Book Company out of Fincastle, Virginia, and you can order those books. And uh, I believe that'd be a real blessing and a help to you. But let me encourage you to do that. Now, at the end of the broadcast, I'll be giving you a phone number an address, and my email uh, address, and so we would love to hear from you. It is important that I hear from my listeners, and I do want to say to those of you that have let me know recently that you are listening, I want to thank you for that, uh, whether it was a text message, an email, a letter, uh, I just want to, or even a phone call, I want to say thank you for letting me know that this broadcast is a blessing and a help to you. And I want to say thank you to those of you that help us financially. I do hope and pray that God will bless you uh, many times for what you contribute to this ministry. And if you have never uh, helped us financially, let me ask you to prayerfully consider helping us with the expense of this broadcast ministry. Uh, we are on the air simply by faith. Uh, our program is not underwritten by anyone. In other words, I have no guarantee of any support uh, other than just the love offerings and the contributions that individuals and uh, the my home church, the Firefield Baptist Church, uh, this program is included in the missions program. And so, but I appreciate those of you that help us and if you've never been able to contribute, then let me encourage you to try to do so, and it'd be a real blessing. 
Uh, I've been on the radio since 1984. That's a long time. And I want to say one thing. God is faithful. Amen. I'll never forget, friend, that night in uh, my, my wife and I, we were living in a little 12 by 60 uh, mobile home. Uh, hadn't been married too many years uh, and had one daughter, one baby and expecting another. And I'll never forget, I didn't have the money. I didn't have the income for it. But God was uh, impressing my heart to, to begin a radio broadcast. I was pastoring a little small church there above Dahlonega, Georgia, the Macedonia Baptist Church. I was uh, working in construction, and uh, things weren't going too well financially, but God was wanting me to go on the radio. And I'll never forget, uh, bowing that night in the living room of that little trailer, my wife and baby had gone to bed, and I was praying, and God the Holy Ghost spoke to my heart out of Matthew 6, 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And right there in prayer, God spoke to my heart and settled the issue of whether or not for me to go on the radio. And that was in, that was in March of 1984. And so we're celebrating all these years of being on the radio by faith. And I, one thing I can say God is faithful. Amen. So I just want to encourage you, you can trust him. Amen. Uh, it's been said you may not be able to track God, but you can trust him. And you may not understand all that God is wanting to do in your life, but I assure you that you can trust him for whatever he's leading you to do. It may not be to what you expect, uh, you know, I started out on one radio station and that's all I was on for many, many years. And then I went to two and then I went to three. Right now I'm on nine radio stations. And so we just praise God for it. Now I'm a little hoarse. I'm preaching revival this week. And uh, so I'm a little hoarse as I try to record this broadcast uh, here in on, on today for these uh, Sundays. Amen. And these weekdays that this will be aired. I'm going to be reading in the book of Jonah, chapter number one. Jonah, chapter number one, and Jonah, chapter number two. And uh, the Bible says in Jonah, chapter number two, and verse one, the Bible said, Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. I'm preaching today on, uh, on the first three words of verse number one, then Jonah prayed. And I want to preach on that subject, then Jonah prayed. Now let's back up and read and get the context, and I'm sure most of you are familiar and understand, uh, know what the little book of Jonah is all about, but I want to read it for you here in chapter number one, some of this. The Bible said, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, now listen to what God wants Jonah to do. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. 
So he paid the fire thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God and cast forth the wires that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God, if so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. And they said every one to his fellow, Come, and let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. Then said they unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us. What is thine occupation? And whence comest thou, and what is thy country, and of what people art thou? And he said unto them, I am an Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid, and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee, that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wrought and was tempestuous. And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea. So shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to the land, but they could not. For the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee. Let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood. For thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord, and made vows. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights, and then that's where the text comes in, in chapter 2, verse 1, then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. After Jonah had been swallowed, in that fish, and apparently after he had been in the belly of that fish for three days and three nights, then Jonah prayed. So I want us to look this morning, or today, whatever time this is airing in your area, I want us to look at that subject of then Jonah prayed. And I want to uh, say this by way of introduction. I want to say that Oftentimes, you and I are a little late on our praying. Sometimes we fail to pray before we do something and before we, uh, you know, whatever, and we really mess up. And, and a lot of times, we're praying to try to patch up 
and to try to fix what we have made up, amen, or messed up. So number one, I want to say today that Jonah prayed after he made his choice. You see, God told Jonah in chapter one and verse two to go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Now, Nineveh was a pagan country, a pagan city. Uh, they were very wicked. This was the heart and the seed of the Assyrian Empire. And they would later uh, come against the ten northern tribes and carry uh, Israel into captivity. And so they were an enemy to the Jewish people as well as a threat to other nations as well. They were vicious. History records how vicious they were when they conquered peoples, how, how they would torture them and kill them, slaughter them, and just uh, how terrible they were. But you see, when God told Jonah to go pray or, or to go to Nineveh, uh, Jonah knew that Nineveh uh, was an enemy. Jonah knew the, the, the reputation of the Ninevites. And so Jonah did not want to go. It wasn't that Jonah was just trying to get out of doing what God wanted him to do. It wasn't that Jonah was just trying to avoid his responsibility with the Lord. It wasn't that general, but it was specific. In other words, Jonah was being a real patriot. Jonah was choosing his nation over the will of God. In other words, he really had rather God judge the Ninevites and destroy them rather than them repent. So Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. He found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fire thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So you see, Jonah made his mind up, and Jonah chose to not go to Nineveh. Jonah chose, uh, rather, to leave and to get on a ship going down to Tarshish, he just thought, well, I'll just not go. I'll just not go. I'll just not do what God is commanding me to do. So Jonah made his choice. But may I say to you, dear friend, that the text that we find in Jonah 2.1 is that then Jonah prayed. And my whole point here is that if Jonah had have really prayed about this, before he made his choice, he would have avoided all this trouble that's about to come upon him. And can I say that that's what happens to you and I? In other words, you may get yourself in a fix. You may go out and buy a new car. Uh-oh, hang on now. You may go out and buy a new car and you haven't prayed about it. You hadn't sought God's will about it. And then when you buy that thing, it's all you can do to make a payment on it, and it's your struggle with it. You and your, your wife may fuss a little bit because of it. It causes tension in the family relationship, and you may, you may steal some of the tithe from the Lord trying to pay it, and, 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 and then you go to praying to God and asking him to help you make a car payment. What if you'd have prayed before you bought the car, amen? What if you, you see, Jonah prayed after he made his choice. And I'm afraid we do that so much in our lives. We make our choices. We decide what we're going to do. And then it, it doesn't work out so well. And then we're trying to get God to bail us out of the mess that we've made in our own life. Amen.
just go ahead and admit it, friend. We've all been there, all done that. So the whole thing is that Jonah should have prayed before he left to go to Tarshish. Jonah should have wrestled with the Lord in this in prayer. Sure, he was reluctant and didn't want to go, but if he'd have prayed and talked to God about it and listened to God, I believe God would have let him see the clear path to go and that Jonah would have went, but he didn't. He didn't pray. He just said, I'm not going. And he gets on the ship going down to Tarshish. So Jonah prays after he makes the choice. And again, we get ourselves into so much trouble. Uh, there's, there's young men and young women. They marry. They choose a mate without really praying about it, without seeking God about it. And then it doesn't work. People buy a house or build a house and they really don't pray about it. And, and, and it turns out to where they can't afford it. And so on and on and on we could go. People change churches without really praying about it and without really getting the will of God on the matter. And they make a mess of themselves. We make a mess in our life because we do what we want to do and then we go to God and asking God to get us out of it. So Jonah prays after he makes his choice. That's a mark against him. And then number two, Jonah prays after the mariners pay the cost. Oh my, what do you mean pay the cost? Well, Jonah got on the ship and the Bible said, but the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea and there was a mighty tempest in the sea so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners, now these people were innocent. They weren't running from God. They didn't have any all against God. God didn't have any all against them. But Jonah was on board. Now watch this. Jonah was on the ship. And so when the storm hit, they begin to cry, every man unto his God, cast forth the wires that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it. The wires is what they were hauling. This, no doubt, was a merchant ship, and this was the livelihood of the shipmaster and owner. And these men that were working, no doubt, were getting paid to deliver the goods, but now they have to throw the cargo overboard. There is a great financial loss to the mariners, uh, to the ship owner, and to these men that are working the ship. They're going to suffer a great financial loss because they've got a backslidden preacher on board. Amen. Can I say to you, friend, that if you get out of the will of God, you're not isolated in that situation. If you are a husband and you get out of the will of God, you are taking your wife and your family with you. Amen. If you're a pastor and you get out of the will of God, you are taking your congregation with you. In other words, they're not responsible for your backslidden condition, but they may be caught up in the chastisement that God may be pouring out on you. There is many a family suffering today. I'm talking about wife and children because the husband is not being what God wants him to be. There's many a husband and children today that are suffering because the wife is not what God wants her to be. In other words, Jonah prays after the mariners paid the cost. 
they had to throw their cargo overboard and then eventually Jonah gets right with God. But it's too late for them. They've done and lost their shipload of goods. They no doubt have to turn around and go back to where they came from uh, with their heads hanging down and saying because of a backslidden preacher we lost everything we had on ship. Oh my. And it just burns me up when people say, well, what I do doesn't affect anybody but me. Oh, no, neighbor, you can't go through life like that. Your choices and your decisions are always going to have an effect on those around you. Amen. And, and Jonah, he thought he'd just get out of doing what God wanted him to do. But what the choice he made, the choice he made, it affected the, the ship and the ship owners and the workers on the ship, amen. Well, then let me say thirdly, Jonah prayed after the cry of others. So the men, they lightened the ship, they woke Jonah up, and then they, they began to cry out to God. The Bible said in verse 14, wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, we beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood, for thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. So they begin to cry out to God to spare their life and to not hold them guilty for Jonah's actions and not hold them guilty because Jonah's on their ship. It is very possible. Now listen. It is very possible that an employee working for a business that God could strike in a dis, uh, in a way that you don't want. God could strike a business in a bad way simply because of one of their employees getting his attention. God could affect a whole community in a certain way getting the effect or, or having an effect on that one individual that he's going after. So these men on the ship, their life was at stake. This ship was about to sink in the storm that God sent because of Jonah's transgression. It was Jonah's backslidden condition that brought the storm on the ship. And so there may be people right now that's close to you. They may be in a storm because of your disobedience. And they're the ones right now that's crying out to God for help and for deliverance. But all the while, it lays at your feet for not being right with God. You say, preacher, God just wouldn't operate like that. Well, then you go ahead and tire the book of Jonah out of your Bible if that's what you want to believe, but I'm going to leave it in my King James Bible and I'm going to believe that God still works today just like he did in Jonah's day, that God would touch others and God would touch others' properties and God would touch others' a situation uh, 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 trying to get the attention, amen, of that one that's in a state of disobedience like Jonah was. So Jonah eventually prays, but it is after they cry out 
out of desperation. Oh, my friend, doesn't that just break your heart? To see all these men, they've lost their cargo. They're about to lose the ship. They're, they're afraid of losing their lives. And they're crying out to God and begging God not to kill them and not to hold them for the blood of, of an innocent man or, or, or the, be, to be innocent over Jonah. And here Jonah is the cause of it, and he knows it. So how would you like to know today that maybe your family, your immediate family, your extended family, your co-workers, your neighbors, your closest friends, there is a possibility that God may be touching someone else in a calamitous way in order to get your attention. You say he wouldn't do that. Well, again, I, I've got Jonah in my Bible. I'm going to have to believe it. Then Jonah prayed, but he prays after he makes his choice. He prays after the mariners paid the cost. He prays after the cry of others, after they pray, after they're in desperation, then he prays. But then Jonah prayed after chastisement began. You see, friend, God chastens those whom he loves. And if you can live a life of sin and disobedience to God and never be chastened, the Bible teaches me that you are a bastard and not a son. If the Lord chastens those whom he loves, that's what the book of Proverbs says, and that's what the book of Hebrews says. He chastens those whom he loves. And so God uh, had began a chastening process in the life of Jonah and Jonah could have avoided this. This is the whole, the whole thing. Jonah could have avoided all of this by simply obeying God. And some of you right now may be in the, in the throes of chastisement. God may have a storm settle down on your life. You may be wondering why nothing works out, why everything you go to do fails, why it seems like you just can't get ahead. Every time you turn, you're hitting a brick wall. Everything you try to do, it just flops. It just seems like, a friend, that you've lost your joy and you've lost your peace and nothing's working out in life. Has it ever occurred to you that God may be trying to speak to you through chastisement? I'm telling you, friend, if you are saved, there's no way under heaven that God's going to let you live the way you want to live without him coming and touching your life and getting you right back where you ought to be. So he prays after the chastisement begins. You see, uh, the storm had come. They were about to lose the ship, and now they have to throw Jonah overboard. Jonah tells them to. Jonah is saying, in essence, just... He'd rather be thrown overboard than get right with God. That's what he thought he wanted until it happened. But the Bible said the, the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. But the Bible said, so they took up Jonah, cast him forth into the sea. Now watch. And the sea ceased from her raging. Chastisement. When they cast Jonah overboard, the sea calmed. You see, the, the sea was a threat to those that were innocent. And as quick as Jonah was put in the water, then the those that were innocent were set free from the chastening hand of God on Jonah's life. 
And when you get right with God, God will lift his hand of chastisement that may be falling not only on you, but upon those around you. So why should you be selfish and allow the chastisement of God to be affecting your family, your husband, your wife, your children, your parents, your siblings? Why should you be selfish and allowing hard times to fall on everybody because of your disobedience and your sin? I know this is not real popular preaching, but I'm telling you, it's where the rubber meets the road, as J. Vernon McGee used to say. And then fifthly, he prayed after his conscience bore witness to his fault, his wrong. You say, well, maybe Jonah didn't know what was going on. Oh, Jonah knew. Uh, look in verse number 12. Jonah said, uh, take me up, cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Jonah knew he was running from the Lord. You, listen, friend, if God's dealing with you, you know it deep down in your heart. But old Jonah prays that. Hey, friend, if he'd have prayed before, oh, none of this would, all of this would have been avoided. And then lastly, he prayed after he came to the end of self-confidence. Jonah, in chapter number 2, verses uh, 2 through 7, Jonah goes down to the bottom of the depths, and he gives up. He gives up. He said, out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. Jonah gives up. He comes to himself. He's like that prodigal son. And oh, my friend, why don't you get right with God before you have to be chastened? Then Jonah prayed. Well, right to us, our mailing address is P.O. Box 312, Cornelia, Georgia, 30531. Go to my website, KeithAllisonMinistries.com, our email, KeithAllisonMinistries at gmail.com, and you can call or text 706-968-1182. Until next time, keep looking up. Jesus is coming soon. 97.5 Glory FM is WGTJ Murrayville, Gainesville, and W248DL Murrayville, Gainesville.